everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are in Exodus 21 through 22, 15. And I am in the podcast studio with the one and only Elizabeth Hoffman. Hi. And Kate Summers. What's up? So glad to have y'all here. So for those who don't know you, real quick, what do you do? And then we're just going to jump in. So we do cultural engagement here at Watermark. Which is what? And that means that we get to teach biblically on how to unify around culturally divisive issues. Hmm. Important. Love it. And I just get to be your sidekick. I'm doing the Watermark Institute, and the ministry that I get to work with is the Connect team. And so me and Elizabeth just— Get to do this kind of stuff all day. This is this is normal for you. So day yeah. in the life, every day on a regular Tuesday, you open your Bibles to Exodus twenty one, <laughs> which uh, you know. Let's just start there. Initial reactions when you open to these two chapters. What are you thinking, Kate? Right. Well, even in the title, you're like laws about slaves. Oh, and so yeah. I mean, the passage is really hard, and I think as it should be, as like. Our understanding of what slavery is today is race-based slavery in America or the sex slavery industry. And God absolutely condemns every form of slavery that we see today and is heartbroken over it. Totally. What do you think, Elizabeth? It's a really hard passage, Mm -hmm. and Kate and I had to really wrestle through it. Mm -hmm. As we all should, (laughs) honestly. I mean, again, our filters in America— I like to call them filters, but, like, the things that we—the lens we look through when reading Scripture— when you read something about slavery, is going to be American American slavery. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really a really hard place to start. But if you know God's heart, like I look back at um, Exodus, the end of Exodus 2, I think it's Exodus 2, 23, where God hears the cries of the Israelites as they are enslaved in Egypt and hears them. And he calls it oppression. He called that slavery oppressive, mm-hmm. and he came and he rescues them. And then you look now at Exodus 21 and 22, where we are today, and they're beginning to to receive the law, right? So, like, we know that the law is regulatory and revelatory. God gave the law so that they could live amongst themselves in a loving way and be an example, obviously, for the countries around them. And revelatory, it showed God's heart. And so if we know that those two things are true, then when we're reading Exodus 21 and 22, and he's giving them ways to love amongst each other, then we have to know, if we have a good God, which we do, that he's giving them— um, like good things, like ways that they should treat and live amongst each other. So when we're looking at Mm -hmm. Exodus 21 and 22, we have to know, okay, that's the right lens that I need to look through. It's like, why is God giving the law? We know that he's good and we know that he's loving. So that must be the heart behind what he's sharing. Totally. And ultimately, while we're here, we want to give you tools and context that you would be able to bring yourself to a place and other people to the heart of God that's undeniable in his written word. And so— But um, just in general, like when I come to passages like this that I don't understand or they feel contradictory to like other truth that I know or even the gospel. Yeah, because I could look at this and say, okay, Elizabeth, I hear you, God is love, but I see slavery and now I'm Uh confused because how could those two things possibly fit together in the same paragraph? Right. Right. And and I think there's a lot of little spaces like that. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to learn to exercise this muscle when we come to these passages to not like move past them and be a little scared because— God, he wants us to lean into them. And when I come to these these passages, my like 20, 23 cynical brain just comes to things and oft- often assumes the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just learning to remember, like, if I believe that the Bible is God-breathed and is 
truly infallible, then the problem is not the Bible, it's me mm. and my finite mind. And so, but he's not asking us to blindly believe. He wants us to press in. Yeah, and he so invites for, us to. Yeah. And for me, a good resource for this, like that one step farther has been um, the Blue Letter Bible. And even when I was wrestling, I mean, me and Elizabeth sat with this passage and like— An hour and a half easily. Right. Yeah, and nice. our voices were raised. <laughs> like, <laughs> and wrestled hard. through it. Yeah. And I think a turning point for me, um, even as Elizabeth had wrestled with it before right. me, yeah. and I think it had come to a part, it took me being by myself. And so you're, you can even listen to this, but I really would challenge you because we can't answer every contextual question that you're going to come to in this passage. But I really would push you to wrestle through it yourself. But for me— um, a little bit of what Elizabeth is talking about with the context when it says the first—there's uh, a, a quote from Chadwick. You can find it in the Blue Letter Bible, but it says, The first words of God from Sinai had declared that he was Jehovah who brought them out of slavery. And in this remarkable code, the first person whose rights are dealt with is the slave. So cool. So the—summarize it again for us. Yeah. It's like, just so good. It's exactly what Elizabeth was saying. Like, he's just led them out of slavery. He is the God who saves. Mm-hmm. And here they're starting the law for 21 through 23, I think. They're just dealing with— Yeah, regulation. How do I like, live in light yes, of all my these new freedom? Things, yeah. All these different rights. And so the first person that he addresses to make sure that their dignity and they're um, protected is the slave. Okay, so when I look at this—let uh, me ask you, Elizabeth. We'll start with you. What did slavery mean for them versus— what does it mean for us today? When we see that word, I think there's a gap in understanding. Sure. Fill some of that in for me. So when you look at slavery in ancient biblical times, it was a form of servitude. So like they were paying off debt in some way. So sure. it's like, think more of like employee-employer relationship where it's, I mean, if you look at, this was hard for me and Kate, I'll say it. So if you look, <laughs> if you look at um, Exodus 21, starting in, I think, seven, you mm-hmm. see a man sell his daughter to someone, like to to like into slavery, mm-hmm. but it's when a man sells his daughter as oh, a slave. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to read. Right, it's mm-hmm. hard to read. But again, if you're thinking about to Chadwick, the Chadwick mm-hmm. quote, the heart of it was God was trying to give dignity to slaves, and so think more of like servitude and trying to pay off debt again in mm-hmm. some in some form, versus today or even like 400 years ago in American slavery, it was it was undignifying in every single way. It was um, discrimination on the basis of race of yes of, of skin color and which God calls beautiful. It's it is just an affront to the imago dei, the image of God of mm-hmm. which we are of all humanity. made of yeah. humanity and and it was a. The, like the basis of our economic system in America, that's not—that doesn't—like, God condemns that. Mm-hmm. And then you look now at sex slavery and sex trafficking, and it's the same—it's the same heart where it's undignifying mm-hmm. and you're selling— It's people. not God's design for sex. <laughs> no. I'll, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. And people—yes, and it's dangerous, and people lose their lives, and people are exploited. And mm-hmm. again, God condemns that. So it's like that's what it meant— then and what it means now. Yeah, so to just drive that point home, it's super, I think, helpful and important. In the Bible, we see slavery primarily presented as indentured servitude. So it's honestly like a type of employment that stems from a financial need. And this is a a good solution for me. Or it is uh, political. So I'm a conquered nation and my options are be plundered, be killed, or be enslaved. Slavery is better. Slavery is looking pretty good <laughs> yeah. if if I'm in that 
political scenario versus whereas today we are seeing something totally different, which we would say God, no question, condemns what we're familiar with today. And the rest of it, he goes on, he's talking about women's rights murder, liabilities, theft, sorcery, treatment of the poor, money, poverty, justice under the law. Like, we wouldn't say, like, him regulating things under sorcery or whatever it is, that he's saying that sorcery is great and we should keep Mm -hmm. it around. Mm -hmm. And um, another quote that I found that I thought just put it really well is Spurgeon says, Moses did not institute slavery in any shape. The laws concerning it were made on purpose to repress it, to confine it within narrow bounds, and ultimately to put an end to it. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Talking to one of my colleagues about this topic, and he says what God does is step into cultural norms and push over time. So as we continue reading through Scripture, we're going to see God look to the marginalized and continue to give them a way out, and he'll build on that as time goes on. So we see the law regulating people's lives, their behaviors. I'm a sinful person. This is how I'm to live in light of my new identity as a free person. Uh, But Like you said earlier, the law is also revelatory. It reveals something about who we are in light of who God is. How do we see God's heart in these passages? So I go back to Genesis 1, and when he created man, he created us in his image. And so Imago Dei. So he he is loving. He created us in love out of an overflow of love that he already is. He created us, which is so kind. And he gives us dignity in that. And we are all, again, we are made in his image and we all are equal in that. And so when you think about what God's heart is for people in general, he made us to know him and we are made to reflect God. And so he loves us and that's how we should see each other. So when you think about, again, slavery as exists as, as it exists today, none of that equals Imago Day. And specifically, I mean, if you go to Job 31, 13 through 15, which is actually written before Exodus, it says, If I have denied justice to any of my servants, whether male or female, when they have had grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? Where it's so clear that all people, male or female, whatever their role in society, whatever it is, have equal dignity and standing as image bearers of God, that God is like intentionally knit them mm-hmm. together in their mother's womb. So good, Kate. I wish we could keep talking. As we wrap up, what are really quick action steps if I'm local or if I'm not local? Okay, so if you are not local, there's a really phenomenal organization called IJM, International Justice Mission. They have a ton of resources online. Um, and again, these are believers. You can get on their website. You can, you know, read all all about what is going on with international slavery. Um, in, if you're local, you can hit up the Root Study. So we have a reclaimed ministry, and they have a Root Study on May 5th. And you can sign up um, on the Watermark website. Amazing. Yeah, you guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for studying faithfully and preparing well. If you haven't done the work, friends at home, to dig into these passages and see for yourself, do it. It'll be worth your time. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.